Do you consider yourself resilient? And what does that mean to you? In this podcast, Resilient Entrepreneurs with 241, we chat with business owners about what resilience means to them as they share their inspiring stories and life lessons. What we've learned running our own businesses, you're never alone, even when it feels like it. So tune in anytime to this podcast. We're always here for you, celebrating resilient entrepreneurs just like you. We're Lauren Vicky from 241, a marketing company for early stage business owners who want to launch, grow, and be resilient. Our guest today is Colin Rigo, the founder and CEO of Bermuda's fastest growing technology-driven company, the Sargasso Group. Since its inception in January of 2019 as a restaurant delivery company, the brand has rather quickly grown into what is now a household name. In December 2021, the group launched Pronto, Bermuda's first fully app-based supermarket, which I've used several times, and I'll tell you, I absolutely love it. Colin tells us the group is in aggressive growth mode and in strong financial health, despite the challenging global economic climate. And it's now raising investment to help fund ambitious plans to become a market leader in Bermuda and the Caribbean region. We are definitely going to dive more into that in this conversation. We are so grateful for you joining us today, Colin. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure to engage with, with the community and all the entrepreneurs here. One of the key models for, for me and my short journey at the beginning was collaboration is the key to innovation. So it's a pleasure here to uh, learn and engage and share with, with everyone today. So thank you. I love that. Collaboration is the key to innovation. Oh, I love that. Thank you. But before we get too deep into the business side of things and your future ambitions, let's talk about values. So you say at the heart of Sargasso is its commitment to deliver community impact through innovation and technology, focusing on the virtues of diversity, inclusivity, and spirituality. Why is community impact so important to you? So sustainability is key. And many business is often transactional and quantified, but I think where people are missing the mark and we're seeing a shift in, in today's uh, era is people. And if people are, are the essence of our community and a company is a group of people with one objective, then if we focus on the people, the most important resources, the human resources um, and driving impact through their lives and and their ecosystem, which is the community, then it becomes a much more sustainable situation. If you invest into that community, you're pouring into it, things are sustainable, people work together, people talk about things, people uh, recognize that um, most people, when they come for a job, for example, it's not they're not there for themselves. They're usually there for somebody else, whether it's their child, their grandmother, their significant other, uh, their fur babies, whatever it is, but there's usually a bigger picture. And so therefore there's nothing, you you can't run business or or run a government without community, without a group of people and culture and standards. And and so making an impact in a community organically gives back to any organization or any uh, efforts towards a project and stuff. So yeah, it's, I think impact in the people and the community, it has a natural organic return um, and makes things easier to flow that way in, in, in regards to business. It sounds like spirituality is a part of that. And when you say spirituality, we don't always mean religion. We mean connection, energy, vibe. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that all goes down to the human side of things. And naturally, we're all loving creatures. And, and I think the principles of stoicism and, and philosophy, and it's what can bring us together. I grew up you know, in Bermuda, very Catholic, uh, Portuguese, Bermudian, uh, Catholic, Catholic upbringing. And then my background and kind of my interests were in, in philosophy. I wanted to be a philosopher out of college. It didn't work that way. Got a minor in it. But understanding that we're all humans and we all have the same Maslow hierarchy of needs. And people talk about vibes, good vibes all the time or Pura Vida. And, and we recognize that we're all more aligned. We're all, you know, frequencies, a bunch of molecules put together. And a lot of people refer to the body as just a vessel, right? So if we can, the business is usually the easy side of things. It's quantifiable. You can plan for it. But if we can understand how to engage people, whether it's a soccer team, whether it's a choir, whether it's, you know, your team at work, your family, how do you get a group of people to work together and have that buy-in in one another? And that's what community is, right? Yeah, beautiful. So uh, we should just jump into some business stuff too. <laughs> I mean, it is all business. And that's the thing. I think if someone just jumped in on this midstream, they'd think, oh, what is this all about? But it's about business, right? <laughs> business and people. And and that's really how we succeed as entrepreneurs. But we're called resilient entrepreneurs for a reason on this podcast. And we invited you on because we recognize there's been a lot of um, opportunities to build resilience in your life. Yeah. What would you say is the one thing that stands out for you that's really helped you build resilience? Well, resilience and adversity, I feel like are very synonymous. The ability, if you take it from a boxer example, it's a great boxer. It's not about how many punches can the boxer land, but how many punches can he continue to take and get back up and keep moving. And I guess if I bring it into another example from a personal experience, when I was looking for jobs, applying for jobs, I moved to Portugal. I was backpacking at the time. I used this as example at one of the lowest points of my life before I started the Sargasso journey was surfing. Very similar to the boxing example, surfing is about training, being prepared and getting up, trying to, you're waiting for the right wave, trying to paddle out to the wave, get up on the board, ride that wave as long as you can. And most times you don't get the wave. That's kind of like life. It's a constant, if you want to grow, you're constantly being put in uncomfortable positions. And it's that uncomfort, that constantly desire to be broken, the constant desire to want to grow and evolve. That's what, for me, is what resilience is about. It's embracing adversity to make us stronger. Um, and, and I give another example. And I think examples are important to simplify concepts like a muscle. How do you build a muscle? There's no way to build a muscle unless you tear the, the fibers. And only after you eat protein, after your workout, can you actually build that. And I think in life, it's it's very much the same way. We have to push ourselves, practice, 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 push the limits. We don't even know a, a fraction of our potential, of the mind, all right, of, of the world. It's very infinite. So adversity, enables us to be resilient embracing adversity allows us to be resilient and to keep on pushing through and if it's easy you're not trying hard enough if you're not failing you're not trying at all and i think if we can apply this this mindset of stoicism is that certain things you know control your perceptions and, and accept that willingly accept things that way out some things are just way out of your control um and, and using those two kind of key 
key pillars um, of, of, of philosophy through life, um, then anything is possible. And you see that with some of the most amazing entrepreneurs around the world um, of today's age. I mean, like the Elon Musk and things like OpenAI and, and Tesla and all the innovative space. And even Jeff Bezos is coming like a thing of the past. I mean, yes, they're doing cool things, but every decade, every five years, there's something new. And you recognize that it's the ability to keep on going and recognize that you control your perceptions on things. Things are going to be hard often. And it's just the willpower to continue trying to find a solution and, and justified by what your, one's purpose is. So I guess that kind of what resilience kind of means to me. You've come upon some really big things there that a lot of people don't figure out and learn until much later in life. So like what in your past has led you to have this type of mindset? And even to even to think to study philosophy, to learn about these things and to go deeper into it. Like, so tell me about like young Colin, like what did young Colin, <laughs> how did you get to there? Like, how did you get to this mindset at such a young stage of life? Oh, I think it all starts from our home, right? Uh, two things that define who people are is environment and DNA. Uh, DNA. Um, so nature versus nurture. And uh, so talking about nature, my father, I'm a son of an immigrant. So uh, that obviously was a huge driver to you can have whatever you want. You just got to work hard for it. And uh, working very young, uh, as, as early as eight years old, packing groceries and from there on out, had that financial freedom, counting all the pennies, filling out the packing groceries and getting all the tips but then you fill out your your coins take them to the bank and understanding numbers at such a young age and was crucial um into it all so that work ethic was ingrained in young and it was from a, a point of necessity and i think uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, from plato is that necessity uh, the need for something is the mother of all innovation is the mother of all creation and invention um, without need without hunger it, it, it's a uh, one will not push themselves forward and we as humans are, are designed to get comfortable right and and then conform yeah. and i'm currently reading a book uh, it's called the uh, molecule of more and it talks about how dopamine um is the dr key driving element in, a, in our brain and it's the key thing what we do everything that we do and it's very instinctual actually you know so if we can understand the mind we can understand a lot of other things but going back to, to young colin Son, son of a pot washer was, was kind of my story. I always, you know, remind people that, that my dad was a pot washer when he came to this uh, little island of Bermuda from the Azores. I was a fat kid playing soccer, Portuguese background. So I was kind of the minority here in Bermuda. I was kind of destined to go be a landscaper and a construction worker. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I saw the struggle of life, of people working so hard from very young, from that cultural side. I used to milk the goat after soccer practice and collect quail eggs you know we were eating from the farm and you know we ate whatever was on the table if you didn't want to eat what was served for lunch breakfast or dinner you can go to bed on an empty stomach and yeah um, i didn't like my dad much growing up and uh coming from all that really i wanted something different and i wanted to see something else in Bermuda. i wasn't the cool kid i was kind of like the heavy set funny kid you know class clown and i was likable um, always always laughing, always a happy kid, but I wanted more. I wanted to see the world. I was very inspired by it. As being in, in Bermuda or any small town around the world, you can get stuck, stuck in the same pattern, stuck in the same ways. And 
soccer changed my life. Soccer gave me the opportunity to leave Bermuda, explore different countries where I trained in Brazil in 2008, 2009. And that was a, a big uh Pivot, pivotable moment for me where I was humbled, massively humbled by kids that we were training with who had never gone to school, who have never had jobs, and were trying to train and kick a ball to find a way out of the favela, which is the Brazilian ghetto. Uh, we went down, donated boots and shirts and clothes, and, and it was really humbling when somebody you're training with comes to you at the end of a session, a soccer session, and they're like, hey, um, troca, troca. You, they can't afford to give gifts. So the way they do that is an exchange of, hey, I like your shirt. I like your pants. You want to trade? And that was mind-blowing for me. Um, kids younger than me, but some of the happiest kids I've ever seen on the field. And so that changed things for me. And in 2009, um, after my, my second Brazilian soccer trip, you know, thanks to North Village, and Brazilian um, football academy that came down to do some programs with us. It was thanks to them to giving us the opportunity to choose and decide. And I went to their academy in, Brazil, in South Florida after 2009 Brazil trip and stayed in that academy for two years after one-on-one training and three weeks of training. And I called my parents up and said, listen, I really want to move out here. I want to see this opportunity. And so long story how, short. How old were you at that point? 16. I just turned uh, 16, just got my license to my motorcycle. My mom said, no, you're too young. Not my child, blah, blah, blah. My dad said, we can't afford it, but we'll find a way to put that extra work in and to make whatever your dreams are come true. Wow. So long story short, high school in Florida, continuing off to university, figured it all out myself. My parents have never gone to university, right? So it was that desire. And uh, those experiences really started to open my world. Um, and then being in college, there was another pivotal moment. Uh, but one, being able to go get educated and seeing a whole different understanding of, of knowledge and academia space. Yeah, another point, I, I spent a lot of time uh, partying, working hard when coming back to Bermuda. So that was kind of young Colin. And then there were some situations throughout high school and university where I was falsely arrested uh, or or falsely accused of of things and going to jail and prison in America, really, I saw that things were corrupted, Um, not just from a small island perspective, but I was facing 25 charges for violently assaulting officers. But in reality, I was the one that was assaulted. And through the courts and some help from a, a law professor, justice was served. Um, but those learning lessons. So again, the resi- going back to resilience from coming from an immigrant family, plus being able to be educated through hard work and real work, real world experience and academia, and also just being out in the big world by yourself as a kid, being exposed to this reality of the underground space and corruption and all of these things. And you start to connect the dots and say, wow, there are social constructs. This is really is a matrix. And these institutions who have been you know, built on top of other institutions over centuries and how far edu- uh, information gaps, financial gaps, and it, it's quite bizarre once you start peeling the layers back. And it, it's, it's these realizations and these experiences that have shaped my mindset personally. And I think the last thing that I would add to that is music and arts and, and the underground space 
has uh, kind of given me this wholesome experience that shapes my reality and um, that things are what they seem and uh, things are quite more complex than, than we imagine them to be. But we have to be bold and, and see through it. And and again, music, arts and, and psychedelics has been a whole part of that shaping of my mindset, of the perspective. And you start to dig in and you start to really understand, you know, what's going on around there um, in the world. And yeah, it's a lot more to it, right? So that's kind of a little bit about my journey and, and where my lifestyle uh, or my upbringing has kind of shaped a lot of the decisions and a lot of my personal goals or purposes and kind of what define uh, resilience in that sense. Um, and there's never like an arrival point, right? It's a constant journey. So it's not like journey. so many people have experienced so many worse things. So it's like, how do we continue to learn? How do we continue to surround ourselves with people and experiences that push us far beyond what we imagine as possible? How do you find the time to continue that education for yourself? Because it sounds like to me that education is really important. Like that constant seeking of understanding of the world is important to you. You're absolutely right, Laura. And that's kind of a personal, um, I guess, obstacle or challenge that I, I've been going through, especially since the launch of Pronto as now a second company to add to, to the journey, right? And with for context, we're completely self-funded. Bootstrapping is our motto at, at Sargasso. We have no leverage. We have no debts, and that's important because you need to know your numbers, right? It's it's one of the questions that that I think it's really important is that what is the most important concept for success, right? And I don't think there is one important one. I think wholesomeness and balance is really important. And to kind of bring it back in, it's about how do you find balance to keep you know keep the mind. Uh, going, learning around the world and not get caught up in the trenches of your work. And no matter how hard you're working, separate those boundaries. And if we recognize that the mind and the mindset is the most important piece, then how do you find that balance? And I recently, after nine months of 16 hour work, work days, you know, sometimes six, seven days straight, take a break three weeks to completely disconnect and disconnecting and reconnecting for me is getting out to the mountains, uh, getting out to some music, snowboarding out for a bit, get to see uh, my significant others, my family. Um, So it was in Canada, Montreal, Quebec, uh, Quebec for a bit. So for me, it's how do you balance protecting the integrity of the mind, finding time to read and understanding how you rejuvenate and how do you set time intentionally for that? Because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce, whether it's you're progressing ahead or you're in the day-to-day you know, operations and cycles, finding that balance is something that's a personal challenge for me. And being able to step away from everything and actually gain a bird's eye perspective and resetting the mind, being intentional how you do that, um, it means going to the spa eating good, doing absolutely nothing with work, reading, doing some exercise that pushes you to to the limits. Or next month, I'm heading over to Costa Rica for a music um, music and arts festival. Seven days, we're camping in the jungle, no technology, no sophisticated civilization, um, but reconnecting with the roots, with breathing, with nature, with workshops, with um, music and arts, and again, the other realms of, of, of the mind, right? That sounds amazing. What do you do? Like, what are your routines? How do you, because you have to make 
time for all these things? What is your routine like in order to fit these things into your life? Do you have a morning routine? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm a little different. I have more have a night routine, uh, although I sh should be taking more time for a more morning routine as the role uh, has evolved and requires more attention more in earlier times or maybe earlier times as the only time that I get um, in peace and quiet. So initially in the journey when we were in kind of startup mode and, and, and um uh, building and, and, you know, trading during the day, building at night and, and meetings in the morning. And just in this cycle, you recognize that at nighttime, for me, at least at nighttime was the only time I got by myself. And that time, just spending on the computer, making connections, building the tech, sourcing the right softwares, whatever it is, that time to just focus is prime time. It's invaluable. But now that we operate businesses uh, with, with restaurant delivery, and or the grocery delivery, we're open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., sometimes midnight, seven days a week, right? So it's a mix between hospitality and enablement, logistics, you name it. So I, I don't no longer get that free time. Or if I am here, even if the operation's back here, there's still distractions. So waking up in the morning, making sure that you either get some exercise in or some reading in 20, 30 minutes, e either of each, before you start your day is, is huge. Not easy at all. It's something that I'm just getting back into because I was having a lot of late nights working till one, two in the morning and you don't really have that energy. So then you're kind of playing, you're getting ahead, but you're in this late night routine. But an ideal morning routine is getting up 20, 30 minute, whether it's a hit exercise, which is a quick jog, getting the mind, the blood flowing, um, reading a book. And like I said, right now, I'm reading two books in sync. One's called The Molecule of More. And the other is, is a Stoicism book, uh, The Daily Stoic. Um, I know we have readers in the audience that uh, enjoy it, but I can always share them as well. Um, so a little bit of inspiration on how to tackle life for the day and a little bit of understanding about how people work, how the mind works, and then applying those to refreshes to your day-to-day, -day. and then making sure that you have a plan for the week. I thought that calendars coming out of college were just for, for all, all people, right? Um, but I live and die by the calendar now. Whether it's focus time for self, whether it's project work, whether it's meetings, everything is already set up for, for the day. And before you start your day, you already know what you're doing. And then- Wait, Hang on, let's stop you there. What tech do you use for your calendar? I'm curious. Do you, uh, do you have a particular tech that you love that keeps you organized from your calendar? Yeah, so just keep it simple. I use uh, Google Calendar to start and now we use Microsoft uh, Office um, for, the, for the company. But- yeah, that's pretty much it. We use Calendly to make it easier for people to schedule meetings, to, to make it much more available. But uh, keeping it simple just with a uh, Google Calendar or Outlook is, is, is perfect. Okay. Calendly, we're big fans of Calendly too. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to okay. share tech, you know, because people often get very confused by using lots of different platforms and technologies. And it's it's good to know what people are using. Anyway, sorry. No, no, I agree. I think one of the most useful pieces of technology that we use as a company is Slack, just to make communication, to facilitate communication. WhatsApp's too personal. People need boundaries in their personal lives and professional. Slack kind of makes it a cool, fun way for modern day people to connect, share information, 
and that you know communication is as important and email is not as urgent so yeah that's been one of the coolest things that we've used and and in recent times yeah because you've got quite a big team now how many people are, are working under the sargasso group so at, at sargasso office we have about 15 a team of 15 and at pronto we have probably have a team of about 25 between managers and shoppers and um, a few other colleagues and then we do enable about over 200 contractors between both com uh, companies for for the driver's side um, they come and go, you know, work independently. So from that side, so it, it's not a huge team, but uh, the team has grown from just one myself and, and 10 drivers only four years ago. So I guess relatively has grown fastly within those four years. Just for people who are listening um, outside of Bermuda, to provide some context, uh, Sargasso Sea is, I guess, best described as the equivalent of Uber Eats um, in this side of the world where I am. Yeah, so Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes, Grubhub, uh, Deliveroo, um, any of those, you know, around the world. And and uh, Pronto, our new sister company that launched last year, we're pretty much the equivalent of GoPuff or Gorillas or Get Tier. So online uh, restaurant, uh, sorry, online grocery delivery. I think what's really cool to mention about Pronto is that these other models uh, like Gorilla, uh, Gorillas or GoPuff um, are really based on uh, Q-commerce. And, and we're seeing this space kind of fall off an edge on valuation. A lot of, a lot of companies like GoPuff leaving Europe um, or, getting, or companies like Gorillas getting acquired by Getir in, in recent months that they recognize that 10, 15 minute delivery is not feasible. It's not, you know, after spending, uh, they've, these some of these tech unicorns have spent over a billion dollars globally in this space. And we were forced in Bermuda. We knew that wasn't feasible from day one. Bermuda is a very expensive place. As we know, it's one of uh, probably the top four, has the, is the fourth highest GDP in the world. So we have a high affluency in Bermuda, but a low business literacy and tech literacy um, as a local pop population. So there's a huge opportunity here, um, a lot of potential, obviously, that's why Bermuda is becoming a big hotspot for blockchain and a lot of um, these types of technologies. Um, so digital assets being being approved by the monetary authority and the government. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting times that Toronto is not just e-commerce, but we're a hybrid model. And this year we're looking at introducing some new pieces in phase two that may include a storefront and a few other pieces. But we understand it's a small market. So how do you make uh, these big concepts work that are usually based on scale and high volumes? Um, how do you tweak things to make it fit for such a market that's insulated like Bermuda? And you have the experience yeah. in finding the answer because you were sharing with us earlier that you did try this uh, Sargasso concept well before it really took off. Did you want to share a bit about how that went? Your first yeah, attempt? Yeah, I mean... So when I finished, first finished uh, university at the University of Tampa, I sold everything, went to Thailand and came back to Bermuda, starting very fresh here, been out of Bermuda for several years at this point and coming back, you know, fresh out of college, full of energy, feel like we understand the world and got all the answers, right? So we, we launched, so when I came back to Bermuda after university, um, I took on a carpentry job to get some cash flows in while I was building out two things, uh, a marketing company, 
called Chakra Marketing. Our mantra was about connecting people, and uh, we tried Sargasso on the first the first try around. Connected with the tech guy because my background at this point is, is marketing, consumer behavior, and philosophy. All right, very little understanding of tech. So got connected with the a tech guru in Bermuda, a restaurant guru in Bermuda. Let's try this. We have five clients come on board. Things didn't really work out. Things fell through. Moved back to America, and then after giving it a shot and going through my journey and trying to find a job and places. You recognize that I didn't do it right the first time. Didn't have the proper knowledge. Didn't have the proper uh, cash to get started. So it was a learning journey, and it was a great reapproaching the same project, understanding the market, and understanding those on opportunities. And if there's still a gap, then clearly there's a solution for that gap. There's always a solution, right? And if we think that. If we think that we've invented something or come up with some an idea in our mind, there's probably a, ch- a high chance and probability that it's already created or designed elsewhere. So that's not waste time recreating the wheel. Let's focus on how do we add value and how do we create a solution. That's also, I believe, the business side of it is usually very easy unless you're inventing something new, right? If something exists already and there's a, an opportunity and you have that vision, and you just got to figure out what is the equation to get to that result. And if you can, or try to manage people and, and be better at that, then I think most people have a decent chance at succeeding in anything that they do um, if they actually try hard and, and, and put the effort in. Yeah. And did you have to learn like what you were good at, focus on that, and then find the people? to fill in the rest of the parts that maybe you weren't so strong at? It's an interesting question because that question kind of was a a huge, huge question for me in college. What do I want to study? And that was only less than 10 years ago. What did I want to go to university for? What did I want to further my education in? Um, I went in as undecided. Then I went into entrepreneurship. Then I realized that's not something that you can learn. That I pose the question, well, what is the most important tool or element that I that I could use for any business? And I was really good on numbers because I'd been managing cash since packing groceries and my counting my pennies and my parents saying, hey, we'll give you everything you need, but anything you want, go and earn it yourself. So enabling me to go and figure that out, right? Because we can make money in any ways, right? If we want to, we can go pick up trash and make good money in Bermuda. We can go flip burgers. We can do a lot of different things in life to to get a dollar. We just got to do the work. So sorry, Laura, what was the question again? <laughs> I'm going along with you. No, it's about finding the team, building the team. We're finding the people to help you fill the gaps in your own abilities. But um, and you were talking about how you went to school to learn what do you need to know for any business. So yeah, what did you, yeah, what did you focus on? So I, then it was consumer behavior and philosophy. I recognized that if you understand people and understand how to communicate something or sell something, then you could, any business in any field, you know, global market, the underground market, it's how do you connect with people? How do you communicate? How do we engage? And, and I can have the best service in the world. You can have the best marketing, but if we can't communicate that to to the right audience at the right time and the right channels, 
then it doesn't matter. Have the best Ferrari in the world, best vehicle, but if you have no idea where you want to go, how how to get there, then it's going to be a big challenge. Yeah. And Colin, did you have any mentors along the way on your journey? Oh, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, my father and my mother, in terms of hard work, pays off. Coming from nothing, you can be absolutely anything you want. You choose the lifestyle that you want. Um, and we usually, the problems, we're 99% of, of, of all our problems in life, right? Because of our perspective and how we want to see things. And that, so first and foremost, them. That's just to work hard and go and get go and get whatever you you know you you want to be and see. Secondly, I think having great teachers and you know along the journey of of education, you always have one or two teachers at an institution that really change your life. And I've had a, a, a Mrs. Abraham here in Bermuda who was huge on math for me. Shout out to Miss Miss Ray. She was Miss Ray when I was at MSA. <laughs> yeah, she was great, and and I think you know moving into America, there was another uh, German English teacher that I had who was hard on me with my grammar. Coming from Bermuda, grammar wasn't always you know generally it's not uh, you know we're not known for that, or maybe at least my background I can speak for you know coming from a Portuguese you know. Uh, non-educated uh, from an academia standpoint background and then in college you know you you had some really good professors that really just changed the way you look at business and and, and education and uh, so I think certainly them and more recently in my business journey in, in the past four years it's been uh it's been Sean Real from Ignite who is just amazing what he does and he can inspire people and individual individuals in a very unique way and John Paul Dowdy who was a mentor through the program um, and naturally organically we have built a, a great uh, relationship and now he's actually a little bit more in, involved with the business than our advisor mentor mentor program but I think networking is, is kind of your biggest mentor and you know life experiences so yeah those are kind of key key players in, in my life. Yeah, it's so important, right, to have really strong mentors. So what's what's next? What's next for Sargasso? Because I feel like you're that entrepreneur that's never going to just be satisfied to sit back and let everything just run. You know, you're a technology-driven company. Technology is constantly evolving, changing, growing. What's next? What What's the next big thing for you guys? Well, so the both companies are are in different spaces. For Sargasso, we're in an optimization uh, phase. We're past the brand awareness. We are verb in, in, in Bermuda. It's like, what's for dinner? So we're having Sargasso for dinner, you know, when talking to the Absolutely. Family. So it's how do we improve? How do we uh, make sure the quality of our service and, and our product is, is adding more value? It's still evolving. With Pronto, which is our priority right now, it's how do we drive down food costs? Last year was our first year with Pronto. We launched on Sargasso. It's just a storefront. So a lot of vertical integrations there. But then we launched with uh, state-of-the-art technology, the same technology as Gorillas. Um, so we just relaunched with that in August as an official launch launch. And it's like starting all over again, new processes, new procedures. Um, and then in December, we just uh, launched our another layer of technology uh, called an ERP system, Enterprise Resource Planning System, that automates um, ordering from our vendors to uploading into our real-time inventory system. And, and you need to have these pieces of technologies in place in order to scale, in order to have visibility on 
what's your wastage, what's your cost structure, how are you managing pricing, all these different functions and resources. It's probably one of the most robust pieces of technologies that we've worked with. Yes, the uh, the applications that we use for Sargasso and um, Pronto for our drivers, for our warehouse pickers, to the merchants, to customers and, and the backend managers and all these technology ecosystem. That's all cool and really fun stuff. But for Pronto, without the ERP, you can't scale. You, you have no controls in place to understand what your cogs are, what, what what's coming in, what's coming out. So... Pronto, at this point, is our main focus. We are in acceleration mode. As, as you briefly mentioned, we are raising our first round of, of investment. So we are talking to some players locally in Bermuda. We are talking to some international players. And we are open to more interested uh, strategic potential partners because we recognize there is time as the biggest opportunity and threat for Pronto. And the time is now. Um, we have great ambitions to roll out a few more uh, locations introduce a way to drive down costs uh, even further than we have. So best prices on the island, fastest delivery on the island, and free delivery when we spend over hundred hundred bucks. So in these economic times, we believe that we offer Bermuda, um, unlike Sargasso, which is huge luxury, you can shop from most of any res- any restaurant in Bermuda, any retails, well, more and more retail stores in Bermuda. Pronto is really focused on creating more jobs and diversity with new jobs, training people for completely different out-of-the-box jobs that Bermuda's never seen before, and lowering that food cost. So we have a 90-day plan right now. We have a whole new marketing plan. We've got some professionals in, in place from other places who like Gorillas and GoPuff in other countries. Um, because although you know we do a decent job in marketing, I would say, we know that there's way more to learn, way more strategic ways to go. And, and grocery and the consumer behavior around retail is very, very different than Sargasso. It's a luxury. People are willing to pay more. Unlike grocery, people want to get value. And therefore, that's why people would rather shop on Amazon, even if it costs them a dollar less or if they're saving 10 bucks because they trust it, it's convenient and it's it's cost effective most times. So we're looking to scale operations in Bermuda for Pronto. That's our main focus. And within, if we can succeed at doing that within the next 20, 12 to 24 months and really hit that out of the park, then we do have huge aspirations of expanding into the Caribbean with Pronto as the, we're at the beginning of this decade, right? Every every business model kind of lasts between, or it's on the hype for five to 10 years, and then it's something else that's new and cool, right? So Pronto, this is the time. And it's also more important than ever because of inflation and sh- um, shortages uh, in supply chain globally. So it becomes more and more value, valuable, but I will say it is like a shooting target. And Sargasso was uh, quite a project, but this is a whole new one. And uh, yeah, you're right. So when businesses are kind of built and things are kind of moving and you're past that growth phase, yeah, you're right. That's what I like about being an entrepreneur because I recognize that I get bored easily. I, um, I need a challenge, a constant challenge not just day-to-day work, but pushing the limits, pushing legislation, pushing governments, 
um, pushing humans to think differently. And I think when you create a team of people around you coming along that journey, it's fun. It's it's exciting. It's daunting at the same time. But it's kind of the same feeling that you go into a casino um, and you make a bet or something on something or, you know, you try something new for the first time. And that's the entrepreneurship world. It's every day is new. So if you like the thrill of new things, uncharted territories, then I think, you know, that's, it keeps, keeps people, it's grounding, it's humbling. And this Pronto journey is, is definitely our focus. We're excited about the things in the next, uh, in the next couple, um, couple of months. Yeah, and I'm excited for you. And you've hit on so many things just there when you were saying that. Um, we're big believers that economic downturns, recessions, this time is when entrepreneurs have the most the opportunity to create new things. It's when innovation is going to be forced to happen because of need. And that's what entrepreneurs do. We find gaps, we fill needs. We, you know, help people, like you said, with the groceries, it's little things, but, and it's simple things too. But out of these times is when the biggest businesses have come out, the Instagrams, the WhatsApp, the, you know, things that solved problems like connection, connectivity, um, and these things have grown during these times. So you're at the right time. You're at the absolute right time to be building this sort of business, to be growing and in this phase. And you're probably actually a little ahead of most. So it's really exciting space to be in. And I hear you on the newness, the changeability. That's why I love about entrepreneurship too. No two days are the same. And um, yeah, I just really want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. It was really good to hear it. I haven't heard a lot about your story. So it really was great to know a little bit more about the man behind uh, such a big brand in Bermuda. Sargasso is truly a household name. Pronto will be soon. I personally love it, use it. I just think it's a fantastic service and I'm really excited to see uh, what the future holds for you. Thanks, Laura. You're welcome. We'll have to have you on again soon because this was not enough time to get through through everything. But uh, thank you. Thank you so much and see you soon. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Vicky. And thanks, uh, the 241 community. Appreciate appreciate, uh, the opportunity to engage and wish everyone an awesome 2023 and uh, be the best person you can be and keep entrepreneuring. So thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Laura and Vicky from 241. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.